Hello and welcome to episode 34 of Late Night Linux Extra. I'm Joe. And today my guest is Martin Wimpress, who you may know from Ubuntu Mate and of course the Ubuntu podcast as it was. It's been several months since he left Canonical, so I wanted to catch up with him and find out what it is he's been working on all this time. I was joined by Alex, who you may know from Jupiter Broadcasting's self-hosted podcast. I explain why he joined me when we get going. If you've not checked it out yet, selfhosted.show. As the name suggests, it's all about hosting things on your own network and taking control of smart homes and automation and all that kind of stuff. Before we get to that, just a quick thank you to everyone who supports us with PayPal and Patreon. We really do appreciate that. You can go to latenightlinux.com slash support to find out more about that. And remember, for $5 or more per month on Patreon, you can get an advert-free RSS feed. And if you want to get in contact, latenightlinux.com slash contact. So, let's get straight on with it then. So I'm here with Martin Wimpress and Alex Kretschmar. Thanks for joining me, guys. Hey, Joe. How you doing? Good to be here. How you doing? Yeah, good, good. So... Martin, I've asked you to come on to talk about Slim AI and Docker Slim, but I'm not massively qualified to discuss that with you. That's why I asked Alex to join us, because Alex, you have a fair bit of experience with Docker and containers generally, right? A little bit, yeah. I use them to run pretty much every app I can possibly get my hands on, even when it doesn't make the most sense to do so. (laughs) Right, good. So... I suppose let's start with where you work, Martin. You work for Slim AI. I do, yes. I am Senior Director for Developer and Community Relations at Slim AI. I'm the only person that's based in the UK with most of the team based out of the US, from the US through from Boston to Seattle and Hawaii. And we have three members of the team in Kenya, in Nairobi. Oh, wow. Quite distributed then. Yeah. And so the open source project is Docker Slim. And my understanding is that it makes containers smaller and potentially more secure. Yes, that's the basic idea. So Kyle Quest created that project about seven years ago. So he is one of the co-founders of Slim AI, but the creator of Docker Slim. And Docker Slim was created at a Docker Hackfest originally. And the idea was very simple. Kyle was doing a lot of work with containers and wanted to optimize the delivery of the containers that he was putting into production. And a lot of the best practice says, you know, make your containers smaller. So startup times are faster and deployment times are quicker and the time spent in CICD is lower. But he didn't want to have to learn how to manipulate Alpine Linux. He'd got a whole developer environment built around Ubuntu, which he was familiar with, and he didn't want to retool all of that to some other distro. So he created Docker Slim, and the purpose of Docker Slim is to ingest an existing container that you have and then observe it in a running state, and then it spits out a minified container as a product. So it looks to see everything that that container does and then only keeps the bits that were actually exercised whilst that container was running. So you get a vastly smaller container out the other side. And generally speaking, that reduces container size by 10 to 30 times. But how does it know what to remove exactly? Because if it's only observing for a short time, maybe that container is not doing everything that it would have done. 
Indeed, and that's something that you can run into. So the best way to actually observe the container running is if you have a test harness that's part of your like integration tests. You run those integration tests whilst it's being observed because there's a good chance that your integration tests touch all of the running code that that container requires and therefore it gets a, a good picture of what it actually needs. In the case where it misses things, maybe there's some static assets that, you know, you don't hit very often. You can also specify, you know, specific include and exclude lists as well in the way that it operates. I mean, I think it's a really cool project, just, you know, for the record. However, devil's advocate time makes me wonder, why does it matter so much if my container's a bit bigger? It's an excellent question. And a little, little catchphrase I'm, I'm pinging around at the moment is that, you know, container size is not a vanity metric because I think a lot of people, you know, look at the size of some of the containers that they're moving around and they get a bit grumpy because they're in air quotes large, you know, depending on what you define as large. But actually there is some benefit to making containers smaller. The first is that a smaller container can actually be put into production quicker. So if you want to accelerate the velocity of your CI, CD and deployment processes, then having smaller containers to move around the place helps with that. But then there's a number of more important benefits of having small containers. The first is by actually removing everything that the container doesn't need, you remove a whole bunch of attack surface that exists within those containers that doesn't need to be there. So you actually improve the security profile of the container. Now, the other thing that Docker Slim can do is automatically create setcomp and app armor profiles for the container as well to add an additional security wrapper around the container. So that's beneficial and something that we've observed, one of my colleagues, uh, Aisha, did a deep dive analysis into um, 130 of the most deployed containers. And between them, they make up, you know, billions of pulls from Docker Hub. And what we found is there's an alarming percentage of those containers that are shipping dev tools in the production containers. And what you see is, is developers want to iterate and move quickly in local development, but aren't necessarily following best practice to remove those dev tools in production containers. And developers tend not to iterate the updates on the dev tooling inside their containers very often because they tend to be quite sticky development platforms that you don't want to tinker with too often because you want predictability and reliability and you don't want to have unexpected problems. But the problem is, is that whilst those don't have many vulnerabilities, the vulnerabilities they do carry tend to be quite impactful. So by slimming or minifying the containers you can remove all of that stuff that you don't need in production and therefore reduce the attack surface of the container whilst it's in a production operation and then what's really sort of picking up a pace at the moment is software bill of materials and supply chain attacks so by stripping out everything that you don't need inside the container means that you have a much more observable collection of software artifacts inside the container in order to actually create a manifest of what that container has in it that's in production. It's much easier to scan for security vulnerabilities. 
And it's much easier to ward it and actually know when the question goes round, this particular node module was compromised or whichever, you know, particular language ecosystem has been, you know, hijacked that week. Are we shipping that module, that version in production? A lot of times people shrug, I don't know, and you have to dash around and, you know, find out, well, are we? Well, now, you know, if you strip out what you don't need, and you have a smaller thing to analyze, then you can find out much more quickly. Or, you know, we have tools that actually just produce those manifests for you of these minified containers. I've been in those meetings. <laughs> Do we know if we shipped this version of Struts last week? Right. Well, I don't know. I mean, that is the whole point, right, of shipping containers, is that the stuff in production is iterated on quickly and matches what's on a developer's laptop. That was the original promise of containers. Mm -hmm. But I think what you've just articulated there is that the reality of shipping production-grade software doesn't marry up with that vision at all because there was a whole job called a sysadmin. Remember them? Mm -hmm. I was one. <laughs> yeah, where they used to go around and make sure that systems were hardened and they had this very specific packages on them and everything was pinned to a to a T. And then I come along with my fancy schmancy Docker containers and just ship what I like. And mm -hmm. I think having this observability inside a container is hugely powerful for not just enterprises, but even smaller places like Linux server.io or normal people. Indeed. And it's the hot topic right now is what's inside my container. What's inside my container that's in production. And so Docker Slim is kind of the heart and it was the inspiration for creating the company Slim AI, which has been around for about a year now. Uh, I think I've been there six or seven months, I think, if I... Already? Yeah. It feels like yesterday. <laughs> six or seven months, I think, yeah. Wow. And what Slim AI, the company, is doing is building a bunch of tooling on top of Docker Slim. So the purpose of Docker Slim is to do precisely what you've just uh, uh, articulated, Alex, which is to give the developer the means to have those containers that are instrumented with developer tooling and all of the comfortable things that you want in order to develop and move quickly, but then be able to augment that into something that follows best practice and is production ready without the developers having to learn new tools, pick up a new paradigm, add, you know, significantly new process to what they're doing. So that's, you know, where Docker Slim came from. The thing about Docker Slim is it's extremely powerful and it exposes a lot of capability. But some of those tools with regards to like producing a report, well, what's inside my container doing layer analysis and things like that is very raw. It's verbose. It's verbose information. So what we're doing with Slim AI is creating tools that sit on top of that with a web UI that give you um, much more sort of human friendly tools for observing your containers. So what you can do is through the Slim developer platform, connect to your Docker hub or key or, you know, uh, the Google repositories and connect to your containers. And when you put a container through the slimming process or just revision a container, you can do a visual diff of the container in terms of what was added, what was changed, not just in terms of the files, but even the content of the files. 
And that's a hugely useful debugging tool apart from anything. So actually the Slim Developer Platform has started with the tools to look at containers. And then we're adding a bunch of additional stuff to sort of address the observability and auditability of containers. Um, and also some other cool stuff, which is coming very soon, which I think will be nifty. So that's the software as a service side of things, the value add on top of the open source project. Yeah. So how valuable is the open source project on its own? Like, do you need massive hardware to be able to slim these containers down with it? No, just anything that you would run Docker on. So, you know, any Mac or Linux, be it ARM or Intel, it's just a tool that you install in the usual ways you install software on your development machines. And uh, Docker Slim is just a command that you can run. Or, you know, you can put it in your CI/CD platform and just have Docker Slim automatically produce a slimmed artifact as part of your CI/CD process. And so what it spits out, is it an OCI compliant image, just the same as anything else? Yep. It looks like a single layer Docker image. Very cool. Okay. This episode is sponsored by CBT Nuggets training for IT professionals or anyone looking to build IT skills. Go to cbtnuggets.com slash late night Linux and sign up for a seven day free trial. The on-demand virtual labs mean you can build practical experience with the commands, config, scripts, and everything you need to get the most out of each course. Another standout feature is the accountability coaching service available to all learners with a subscription, which gives you access to a real person who will help you craft a personalized learning plan and set goals, and will check in with you to keep you accountable. So start your free seven-day trial today at cbtnuggets.com slash late-night-linux. It includes unlimited access to all course materials, including virtual labs. That's cbtnuggets.com slash late-night-linux. So you mentioned that it was targeted at Ubuntu containers to begin with. Presumably, that's not a limitation. It wasn't targeted at Ubuntu specifically. Kyle happened to be using Ubuntu as the platform that he was targeting and didn't want to get into using something like um, Alpine, for example, because... The thing about Alpine is, yes, it is very small and it's a good place to start. But if you're transitioning from something like CentOS or Debian or Ubuntu to Alpine, there are some unexpected side effects. For example, you can run into some performance impact as a result of Alpine using muscle that you won't have observed on sort of the general purpose distribution container images. So it's not just, oh, transition from insert name of distro to Alpine. Not only have you got to learn and retool for Alpine, but then you should expect things will be behave a little bit differently as well. And he wanted to avoid that pain. He wanted to keep the tooling and platform that he already had in place. And so what do the resulting containers look like in terms of size compared with Alpine ones? Comparable, actually. Um, We've done a bunch of testing with that, and uh, it depends on the application and the language. But the thing is, is that the base starting point of the distribution, because Docker Slim strips out everything that's not required, it's really the size of the application and its requirements that denote the size of the resulting container. And because Alpine starts, I think it's about five or seven megabytes at the moment, it's really that plus the size of the app. And Docker Slim is a... So 
Alpine is an additive process and Docker Slim is a reductive process. Mm. You start with a big fat container full of everything and you get just the required components out the other side. So when you're starting with Alpine and particularly as like a, so we're targeting developers rather than like uh, DevOps engineers or sysadmins, because increasingly the responsibility of producing containers is being shifted left to developers. And it's a big ask for developers to be experts in languages and infrastructure and also containers. So what we're trying to do is reduce the amount of skill and learning that's required to produce production-ready containers that satisfy your DevSecOps teams. And so how's it all going then in terms of adoption of this? I know when you got the job, part of it was to kind of spread the word and you know get out there to the community. How, how's that gone? Yeah, it's going extremely well. We've, um, we've got a, a number of customers that are using the Slim Developer Platform as part of their tooling now and are actually building their whole sort of new development processes around Slim AI. And that's where this sort of, you know, GitOps workflow has come from, informed by them. But we've, um, we've recently been at the open source summit and also KubeCon. And there was a lot of interest there, mostly around the fact that, you know, small containers are observable and there's a, a real conversation happening around software bill of materials. So that's, that's the area where we're, we're focusing most at the moment because um, we're a long way to actually solving a lot of those problems. So uh, we're working hard on that. And those are tools that exist within Docker Slim. The feature in Docker Slim that does that is called X-Ray. And what about external contributions to Docker Slim then? Yeah, there's there's uh, hundreds of contributors to Docker Slim, um, and there's hundreds of thousands of users of Docker Slim. It's a very popular project within the Docker stroke container ecosystem. So it is a proper community project. Then it's not just Slim AI's throw it over the wall. No, absolutely not. No, it's uh it's proper open source, and uh, it will always be an open source product. There's not going to be a bait and switch. Um, Slim AI is a very interesting organization. In that, uh, for example, we don't have an HR department. We have a culture department. Um, it's, it's, uh, set up very differently. So there's, there's a firm commitment to the community ethos and open source. And it doesn't just look like open source. It's a proper open source project and has been for many years. Do you have a contributor license agreement? No. Right. Well, thanks a lot for joining me, both of you. If people want to find out more about Docker Slim and Slim AI, it's slim.ai, right? Yeah, slim.ai is the platform. We regularly post stuff about containers generally. So this report that we did on the 100 containers, that's something we're going to do in the future. A bit like, you know, the Backblaze hard disk analysis. Oh, yeah. We're going to build this out as like... um you know, the health of the container ecosystem and what the trends are and that sort of thing. So this was the first first go round at that. So you can find us there. You can sign up for early access to the developer platform. And by sign up, I mean log in and actually start using it. So those tools to explore containers, connect to registries, create collections and all of that stuff, that's all there. It's all freely available. There's no there's no paywall there. And Docker Slim is available at github.com slash docker slim. 
and then uh, myself and one of my colleagues, uh, Peter, we do uh, community interactive stuff over on Twitch. So on twitch.tv slash slim devops. So uh, we'll do tutorials and examples and workshops, all that good stuff over on Twitch. And we'll, we will be doing a bunch of stuff with the CCNF in two weeks, I think. Right. Well, I'll put links to all that in the show notes then. Thanks for joining me and uh, speak to you again at some point. Thanks. Thanks.